1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3 is going to be the focus of our study this morning. And while you're turning to 1 John chapter 3, I want to remind you, don't forget to download our church's phone app uh, where you can get my latest sermons and articles and be encouraged and get updates on the church. If you have an iPhone, you can download it on your iPhone or even Android. So go to our website, chapletchange.org, for the details on how to uh, download our phone app. I want to stay connected with you, and I want to ensure that you are being encouraged during these difficult times. Now, if you're able, if you're physically able, I want to invite you to stand to your feet uh, for the reading of God's Word. Why do we stand to our feet? Because we want to honor the Lord. We want to honor His Word. Remember, God goes where He's invited. He generally goes where He is honored. So if you want to create an environment where the presence of the Lord saturates that environment, then it, has to be, it should be an environment that honors the Lord, honors the Lord. 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 9 is going to be our focus. Listen to the word of the Lord. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God, Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but when we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure." Look at verse 4. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him, speaking of Jesus, there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever, whoever sins has neither seen him, uh, nor, him nor knows him. Verse 7. Little children... Let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. I love that verse, one of the most powerful verses in the Bible. For this reason, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Has the enemy, has the, has the devil set up any work in your life? Is the devil doing anything in your life? Uh, I want to let you know that Jesus has the power to break the work of Satan over your life, over your family, over your marriage, and even over your kids. Jesus has the power. That's why he was manifested. Look at verse 9. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word. We open up our hearts to your word. Speak to us, inspire us, challenge us, and if need be, correct us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. My brothers and sisters, we have called this sermon series Living in the Know uh, because Apostle John in this letter uses that word know, K-N-O-W, 
over and over again. Uh, over 30 times he uses this word know. Those who live in the know live with power, they live with purpose, and they live with passion. Very important for believers to live in the know. Today, uh, the subtitle for our message is Look. The subtitle for our study is Look. And Apostle John starts off chapter 3 with this little but powerful word, Look. Look. Some translations read see or behold. The word look, see, or behold uh, is a passionate plea. Uh, John has given us a, a passionate plea. This, this word signifies an exclamation, meaning that whatever John, Apostle John, is telling us to look at, uh, we should be amazed by, consumed by, dominated by, and even governed by. That word look is a passionate plea. It's an exclamation, meaning that whatever Apostle John wants us to look at, we should be governed by it. We should be moved by it. Uh, we should be consumed by it. Um, it should control our thoughts, and it should uh, control our behavior. Conversely, uh, the enemy, the devil, wants us uh, to keep our eyes on things during these hard times. The enemy wants us to look at our problems. The enemy wants us to look at our pain. Uh, the enemy wants us to look at the panic of the people uh, during this COVID virus. But God, uh, through the Apostle John, identifies some things in this text that he wants us as believers to look at to be uh, inspired by, to be consumed by, to be amazed by. Let me pull out three things that we should be looking at uh, that are rooted in this text uh, that we read this morning. Are you ready uh, for the teaching this morning? Number one, someone say number one. Look at God's great love. Look at God's great love. I find this in verse 1 where it says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. Now, the Apostle John who wrote this letter uh, was blessed more than most men in all of history. The Apostle John who wrote this letter uh, lived uh, three years uh, as one of Jesus's uh, closest disciples. He, he watched Jesus uh, perform many powerful miracles. He, he witnessed Jesus alive after his death. He witnessed Jesus ascend bodily uh, into heaven. And here, Apostle John is an old man. He writes this letter and we ask, we ask John, uh, out of your entire life, um, when you look back at your life, what, what stands out? What inspires you, John? You, you, you had an interesting life. You spent three years uh, with Jesus. You watched him do miracles. You, you watched him after he was dead. You, you seen him ascend unto heaven. What was it that stands out in your life? What was it? What is it uh, that gets your attention? What is it uh, that motivates you and gives you hope, Apostle John? And in effect, in these words, 
John says, the amazing, the great love of God. The amazing love of God. The phrase um, that he uses when he says, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that phrase, what manner, uh, can be traced down uh, to mean of what country of what country and it, it implies astonishment it implies astonishment in other words john thinks about the father's love and says man where does this come from uh, he thinks about the father's love and he says man it must be from heaven because there's nothing like this on this earth man he thinks of the father's love and he says man this thing is out of the world it's out of this world he's amazed by the great love of god apostle john wants us to look at the great love of God because God's love motivates us. It humbles us. God's love transforms us. Uh, God's love fills us with passion. God's love empowers us. God's love changes us. That's why he wants us to look at the great love of God because the more you look at God's love, the more you are transformed. Romans chapter 2 verse 4 uh, in the New Living Translation says, Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Don't this, uh, uh, does this mean anything to you, nothing to you? Can't you see uh, that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sins? Can't you see that his kindness, speaking about his love, turns us from our sins? That's the transforming love of God. This is why John says, look at his love. Behold what manner of love the Father has for us. God's great love is the most life-changing force in the universe. An apostle Paul knew this. This is why Apostle Paul prayed in Ephesians uh, chapter 3, verse 17. Listen to the, uh, the prayer of Apostle Paul for us. He says, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That was the prayer of the great apostle Paul. He says, I want you to know the love of Christ. Why? Because the love of God is the most uh, powerful life-changing force in the universe. The love of God motivates us, humbles us, and transforms us. And more, the more that we see the love of God, the more we are motivated to serve him amen amen yes sometimes when i'm driving down the street in my truck i think about the amazing love of god and i just break out in a praise break I'll be driving down the street and I'll be thinking about the amazing great love of God and I'll, I'll break out in a, in a, in a praise break. So maybe, maybe I'll start hitting the steering wheel. Maybe I'll start, uh, you know, waving my hand in the air. Maybe I start to screaming hallelujah. And, and sometimes people look at me crazy, but I'm, I'm amazed at the great love of God. God's love has transformed my life, transformed my life. I remember when I was in prison, 
there was a season that I worked as the slop man, the slop man. And the slop man uh, was responsible for separating the leftover food on a tray uh, from the paper goods that are on the tray. That's what the slot man was responsible for. And I remember uh, I used to have to put on a trash bag, I would literally, a literal trash bag, a plastic trash bag. I would put a hole in it and I would put it over me because uh, the, the prisoners, a thousand prisoners we would feed, what they would do is they would throw their tray at me and a, a lot of times that leftover food, that slop, would splash over everything. So I had, to, I, I had to wear a trash bag. And when they would throw their tray, a thousand prisoners would throw their tray at me. I, again, I was responsible for separating the slop from the paper goods that was left on the tray. And the reason was that I had to separate the two is because they would feed the pigs uh, with the slop and they didn't want the pigs to eat the paper goods. And so in effect, in effect, I was actually feeding pigs. I was feeding pigs. Why do I, why do I bring this up? Because that's from where God transformed me from. That's from where the love of God has brought me from. And every time I think about the love of God, I feel like busting loose in a praise break. Brought me from feeding pigs. Sounds like the prodigal son. So, John says we are to look at God's love. Secondly, we are to look uh, to who God made us. Look to who God made us. I find this uh, in verse 2. It says, Beloved, now we are the children of God. Now we are the children of God. And right there in that text, John highlights our current position and privilege as the royal family of God. Because of God's love, uh, we are now part of the royal family of God, and Apostle John is reminding us of who God made us. Are you following along? His love made us his children. His love made us his children. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 12, again, the Apostle John, the writer of that letter, fortifies this principle when he says, but as many as received him, speaking of Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The moment we surrender our life to the Lord Jesus Christ, um, the Holy Spirit makes us children of God. We are ushered in to the royal family of God. And Apostle John in this letter, he highlights our position and our privilege as being members of the royal family of God. In fact, over and over, Apostle John reminds us of who uh, God made us. Look to who God made you. That speaks of your kingdom identity. That speaks of your new identity. The way that you access the power and the privilege of the kingdom of God is through your new ID card. 
The moment you surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ, he issued you, you a new ID. And it is through your new kingdom ID that you access the rights and the privileges of the kingdom. Your faith flows from your new identity. Your courage flows from your new identity. Your confidence flows from your new identity. Never, ever forget who God made you. Let me remind you. My brother and my sister, let me remind you, you are not what you did. You are not what you did. You are who God says you are. You are who God says you are. Thirdly, uh, we are to look to the future. Look to the future. In verse 2, the apostle John says, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, that verse is both a promise and an assurance of future glorification which all the children of God possess. There's going to come a time, my brothers and sisters, that we, there, there'll be no more will we have the limitations um, we now experience with our physical bodies. No more will we be humiliated by disease and sin. Uh, our resurrected body will be like Christ. Our, 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 our restoration will be fulfilled. Our sanctification will be fulfilled. Our glorification will be fulfilled. And Apostle John, in the midst of trial and tribulation, he reminds the church of the future. He says, listen, you may be going through a hard time right now, Get your eyes off your current situation and put it towards your glorious future. Your glorious future. I want to remind you, my brothers and sisters, that what is now is not forever. What is now is not forever. Whatever you're going through, whatever it you're encountering, it is only a season. It is only a scene. It will not last forever. What is now is not forever. Don't ever, ever forget that. In fact, the Bible um, regularly encourages us by pointing to the future. Regularly encourages us by pointing to the future. In Romans chapter 8, verse 18, it says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed in us. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, the New Living Translation says, No eye has seen, no uh, ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. Over and over, the Scripture encourages us by pointing to our glorious future. What is now is not forever, and the best is yet to come. What is now is not forever, and the best is yet to come. Beloved child of God, are you discouraged? Are you in despair? Are you growing weary of well-doing? Are you stuck in a pit of, of depression? Uh, then meditate on Apostles John's uplifting, hope-filled uh, words and truth that point us to our future. Listen, my brothers and sisters, there is greater glory to come. There is greater change to come. There is greater levels of God's presence to come look to our 
our glorious future. Many people have asked me in the past, they said, Brian, um, how were you able to survive 16 years in prison? You were imprisoned at the age of 16 years old and you endured 16 years in the darkness of prison, got out when you were 32 years old. They asked me, Brian, how were you able to survive the depression and how are you able to survive the discouragement and the darkness? One of the reasons why I was, why I was able to endure is because I always looked towards a better future. With the eyes of faith, with the eyes of faith, no matter how dark it was around me, no matter how discouraging and depressing it was around me, through the eyes of faith, I always look towards a better future. It's going to get greater later. It's going to get better later. And somehow, someway, those eyes of faith strengthened my spirit and my heart and gave me the power to get up another day and do the will of God. Got me through. Got me through. My brothers and sisters, Psalms 27 verse 13 says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have lost heart unless I believed I would see it. And it strengthened my spirit. Are you going through a hard time? Are you struggling? Are you discouraged? I want to remind you. I want to remind you. Look to God's great, amazing love. Ponder his love in your life. Reflect upon his greatness in your life. Uh, reflect upon what God has done uh, in your life. Look to who God made you. Look to who God made you. Go search, search the scriptures and establish your heart in your new identity in Christ. And then lastly, look to your future. Look to our glorious future future. What is now is not forever. My brothers and sisters, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. If you're struggling with depression or discouragement, I want to ask that as an act of faith, uh, you lift up your hands towards that monitor, and I'm going to rebuke the spirit of depression over your life. I'm going to rebuke the spirit of discouragement over your life. And if you need to surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ right now, the Bible teaches that if you confess Jesus Christ with your mouth, that he is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. If you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, the Bible teaches if you confess your sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive you. All you got to do is repent from your sins, and the amazing love of God will pick you up. If you need prayer, lift up your hands toward that monitor. If you need to surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, either rededicate your life or surrender for the first time, lift up your hands towards that monitor. And I'm just going to pray for you all right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, in the name of Jesus, there's some people out there that are surrendering to you, Lord God. And I pray for them. I pray right now that they confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord. I pray right now that they believe in their heart that you rose them from the dead. I pray right now that you give them the spirit of repentance where they say, I turn from my sins and I submit unto the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray right now, Lord God, that they do that. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're repenting from your sins right now, just do it right now. God hears you. He knows, he knows what's in your heart. If you're surrendering to Jesus, just say those words. Just cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall not be put to shame. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I want to pray for all those that are discouraged. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke the spirit of depression right now. Spirit of depression, you must loose your grip over my brother. Spirit of depression, you must loose your grip over my sister right now in the name of Jesus, Father God. And Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for a fresh infilling of peace. I pray for a fresh infilling of joy right now to be released through, this, uh, through that monitor right now. That your Holy Ghost joy be released into that home, Lord God. Released, Father God, into that area where they're watching, Father God. In Jesus' name, we release peace. We release joy. In Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.